Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just here talking about, well, today, domestic rugby. This is the midweek domestic podcast mwdp with me tim with him jb hello tim sipping on a espresso yeah oh, well long black long black yes uh, and and there's phil from the tm egg chasers tmo shipping container hello gentlemen right I, I, i'm gonna start with something straight off the bat okay so i'm, I'm gonna show let people in on how the sausage is made Uh oh uh, this particular podcast it is a midweek domestic podcast but we are sat here when jb Sunday evening. It's Sunday night. What? It's not Monday evening. It's not Monday evening. Not this time. It's not Monday evening this time. What? I know. So we're sat here on a Sunday evening and JB forgot on a international podcast to reveal before it's officially announced the new direct, uh, Leicester, <laughs> Leicester Tigers director of rugby. But that's fitting because this is the midweek domestic podcast. Exactly. So um, why don't you announce it now? And if, if it's wrong, you'll look like an absolute tool. Yeah, well, that's a good question. I don't know if he is coming in as director of rugby. I've kind of been a bit bit rattled now, but I think he is. So, well, so anyway, um, so there was Jordan Murphy went not so long ago, uh, and there's been some other movement at Leicester Tigers. Uh, yes. So, what else happened at Leicester Tigers? I can't remember. Something happened this week, didn't it? Oh, Jan McGinty. Yeah, so why don't you go through um, some of the moves that have happened in uh, Leicester Tigers? Boris Stankovic gone. We're gone. So, <laughs> 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 Boris Stankovic, scrum coach, gone. Um, Jordan Murphy was head coach, then director of rugby, was attack coach before that, gone. Who else is it? Lewis Deacon, still there. Is hang, he? Hanging on. Simon Cohen, CEO. Gone. Jan I... McGinty, head of recruitment, gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jed. Jed Glynn. Jed Glynn. Head of rugby. Gone. Gone. Uh, who else was there? Who else was part of the coaching team? Oh, Matt Parr, strength and conditioning coach, still there. Good bloke as well. Yep. Uh, now, they have, ha- they have had additions. They've had the guy who was the strength and conditioning for uh, South Africa. Alad Walter Waters. Yep. Yep. And they've had, uh, obviously, Borthwick's come in. And, of course, how could we forget Mike Ford? Mike Ford, of course. What's his current role? Defence oh, coach. Yes, which also means Mark Bakewell has gone. Oh, yeah. Mark Bakewell gone. 
Yeah. So there's been quite a lot of comings and goings. A little while ago, you did a picture of the Leicester coaches and said... And oh, yeah, someone did, didn't they? We should start crossing them <laughs> off. How many of those seven are still there? I think maybe two. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, um, there will be a Monday morning meeting. Would you believe it? An actual Monday morning it's meeting. Because they, ha- they had a Friday morning meeting for Jordan Murphy. They had a Thursday afternoon meeting for Jan McGinty, but they're going back to the Monday mornings. They're going back to Monday mornings, which are the new... Thursday afternoons, which which were the new Friday afternoons, yes. which were the new Monday morning, but it's now it's back to Monday morning. So who'd like, have you got any guesses who the new director of rugby might be? New director of rugby, Leicester Tigers. Well, he might um, be director of recruitment, he might be more on the recruitment, he's going he's gonna to be back office, or he's not going to be director of rugby in the same way Rob Baxter is, for instance. Leon Lloyd. No. No, he's a very successful businessman in his own right. Um... Uh, is it okay? So, is it a former Leicester player? No. Okay. Is it someone who is moving from the same or similar role in coaching elsewhere? No. Okay, Clive Woodard. No. no. Um, <laughs> uh, so they're not a current coach, mm-mm. or not in a cur- current not, similar position. Not a current coach. Never been a coach. Um, so this is going to be really boring for a lot of people who who might know the answer well, by the time they listen to oh, this. Oh, yeah, but, that's a good point. But, yeah, but, they but, know. but they're just going through me and Phil trying to work out who it is. Um, it's not uh, your man who's currently at Wasps who was at Gloucester. It is not Stephen Vaughan, though. Steve Vaughan. Hmm. Never. Freddie Tuolangi, Global Bro Sports, is now... That's a good an amalgamation. That is a good shout. That's not. That is. That's a better. A better shout. So is it a former player? Yes, but not a Tigers player. Never played for Tigers. Not they know of, unless I got that wrong. So, uh, are they New Zealander? No. Are they English? Yes. Are they an ex-England they... international? No. Hmm. Have they? Did they finish rugby in the last five years? No. Okay. Are they over fifty? No. Hmm. Hmm. Are they friends with Steve Borthwick? Yes. Okay. Got a good relationship there. Which, you'd, you, of course, you'd have to have. Lee Mears. No. No. Uh. Okay. Was their main was their main club Saracens when they played? No. Was it Bath? No. You're ne- you're never going to get us in a million years. You could do this for a, a long, long time. You <laughs> okay. wouldn't go. Go on. Tell us then, JB. Put us out of our misery. The answer is agent and owner, if not co-owner, of Green Room Sports, Richard Wilkes, resident. Of... I know him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to put a bit of meat on this bone. Um, Richard Wilkes, who is a very, very successful agent. I think he might have been my brother's agent. I think he might have as well, actually. Uh, um, sorry, is an agent with Green Green Moon Sport. Very successful, very, very, very successful agent with a pretty large portfolio of clients. Yeah. I might add. Um, they have looked at him to come in to do the recruitment, which makes a lot of sense because he has got pre-existing relationships with people like. Um, Simon Cohen. In fact, he, in, in in fact, he's got more than pre-existing relationships. I believe Green Room Sport was actually Simon Cohen's business before it was Richard Wilkes's. 
Um, he's got a great relationship with the Leicester Tigers. In fact, his brother is uh, in in the academy there as a coach. Does, uh, does it mean he has to step back from his role running that business? Because no. there's a slight conflict of interest there. Well, as I understand it, he will leave his business and take up this role with Leicester Tigers short term. Okay. So it's a short term appointment until they go for a longer term appointment but that's what he's coming in to do he's going to do the, like, do the recruitment so it's basically like an nfl general manager is it i guess so and but, but he's only going to be brokering it not deciding who general managers in the nfl decide who they're going to sign don't they the answer is i don't know until it happens hmm. uh, so the interesting thing with lesser tigers of course is it was simon cohen that did a lot of the recruitment because of his uh, background as an agent and as you've rightly pointed out in the nfl recruitment is seen as a different thing to coaching and I think they've got a point there I think there are different skill sets between looking at a player and deciding what you want from him and then money balling it coaching yeah so it's a very interesting move by Leicester Tigers um, I don't know how long he'll be there for or you know allegedly it's a short term move but I'm sure if it goes right they'll want him for uh, a much longer term term period than that well taking someone who understands the current value of players availability of players uh intensely at a time where they need to overhaul their squad and squeeze as much value out of every pound as possible. Yeah. There you go. Well, it can't be worse. It can't be worse in terms of recruitment than Leicester Leicester have done over the last decade. They need need a bit of vision there. Yeah, I mean, go on, on, Phil. I'm just looking at the last three years of comings and goings at Leicester Tigers. And I, I reckon there's probably between 30 and 40 ins and outs per season the last three years from wow. Leicester Tigers. So, and are most of those coaches? <laughs> uh, that's purely players. If, if you did the coaches, it might even be more than that. That's just, that's just layers of management. <laughs> so you, you're exactly right, Tim. You can't, you can't have got it much worse than they seem to have over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. I, they, they do seem to have settled down a bit. I mean, I don't know if I like where they've gone with their recruitment. And this is slightly hypocritical, bearing in mind being a neutral and watching Sale quite a lot. With their dozens, Saffers. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, oh, <laughs> what, what is this I see? A South African back, uh, back row. I don't know if that is the right way for Leicester Tigers to have gone. Bearing in mind, well, purely on a practical point of view, Sale have all the good South African back rowers. So, Well, well <laughs> also another practical view, they've Leicester Tigers, I think, have won the last three under-18 titles. Have they? I believe so, yeah. They might have drawn with London Irish on last year's. That's interesting. I did not know that. But they certainly won it. They've won it at least a couple of times in recent years. So they've clearly got a lot of good young players who need to bridge that gap to uh, to the first team. There's a, there's a lot of talk about a lot of young guys there. Yeah, The challenge for me, Alessa Tigers, is re-establishing their identity, re-establishing the fear which comes along with Leicester Tigers shirts. And you know, I don't think, I honestly do not think that there's a huge amount of difference between a top four team and a top eight team. Most of that comes down to reputation and, you know, the intangibles. You've only got, you've all got, you've all got the same amount of money to spend and Leicester Tigers, being Leicester Tigers for the longest time, must have given them, what, five, 10% worth of edge. And that's really important. I think they need to get there somehow. And if it was that easy to do, everyone would be doing it, but it's not. And that's why it's so challenging. And as we will talk about, I mean, you know, Gloucester have taken that approach. They've got their pot of money. They've gone, let's spend it all on wingers. Yeah. And possibly not a great idea. It's a novel approach, isn't it? (laughs) 
Spend it all on international wingers who are going to be unavailable for most of the season. <laughs> I can't think of a better plan. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's that's one to watch anyway. Yeah. Recruitment is going to be fascinating this next couple of years because, like, for example, I understand why they did it, but now it's only hindsight's twenty twenty. But London Irish spending the money they did on who they did, particularly if it's a ring fence Premiership next season, and they would never have been in danger of relegation in any season that they've been in the Premiership. It would look really silly to have. Spent the money on the players that they've spent the money on. Yes, I tell you what though, Curtis Rona is really turning out to be quite a good signing. I think. Good, good fancy rugby draft player as yeah. well for Phil. He he scores. He's competent. You know, he looks he looks like the sort of player that you need to sign to stay up in in the Premiership. As does Paddy Jackson, to be fair. Yeah, word on fancy rugby draft, by the way, JB. You're not having a good time of it, mate. No, I'm not, am I? Did I, I, I logged on today to see, see how I was going, and I saw my opposition scored 150 points. Uh, 171.2 points. So, uh, your I'm, opponent and you got 58.6. That's amazing, isn't it? Astonishing. Oof. That is, I'm just looking. Your opponent has had a very good day. Well, if I can have a bad week, that's, that's, I'd be devastated if I got 130 points. Yeah. Your opponent had Zach Henry as well, who should have had an assist. Have you seen the Henry butchered try? Oh, yeah. When was it? I mean, it was first half, second half? Second half, about halfway through the second half. He breaks down the right touchline. God knows what was going through his mind. He had a two-on-one, him and Richard Wigglesworth. He dummies. He right, first of all, he slows down to nearly a walk so Wigglesworth can catch him up. <laughs> <laughs> then he then he dummies, uh, and then he tries to step, but uh, Cordero has not bought the dummy, and he's travelling so slowly that when he tries to step, he doesn't actually go anywhere and just gets tackled and blow. It was a two on one that. School kids should have scored it. It's oh, such dear. a such a bad mistake. Well, let's start with this game then. Um, yeah. uh, Leicester Tigers looked relatively explosive for the first half, and I wonder. I mean, like I said, I don't think their approach has been right. Which is a ball carrying South African back row with another ball carrying uh, New Zealander back row, and maybe one of the greatest scrum halves to play the game. Well, play play in the Premiership. Um, they might have enough. They might have enough, but it's not good enough for Leicester Tigers, is my is my opinion. And then the second half, they just got steamrolled. But at least they've got something there now. They scored. They scored a driving mall try against Exeter, which is something. Yeah, that there's there's some there's some signs. They've got some talented players. I really like Freddie Stewart, and I yep. thought Guy Porter did some quality things. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've got solid centres. Scott and Taute are are decent um, without being outstanding. Certainly, mm. no, neither of them is a Manu. I, I think, I think Leicester. When you get Ford back for um, even if you only get him for like six games this season, I think Leicester probably will be okay. Yeah, I I tend probably. to think there might be enough there. They've They've shown me bits and bits and pieces, uh, particularly... Did they win last week? No, they didn't. They won first week against Gloucester. And I thought, yeah, okay, uh, you know, they can carry the ball. That is something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm Damming... not as down about Leicester yeah. 
this yep. season as I was last season. Damning yeah, the faint agreed. praise. And, and Exeter are just going to Exeter and they did Exeter things, especially in that second half. And exactly oh. as Rob Baxter spoke about with UJB and as he's, you know, talked about many times, it's um, it was the cumulative pressure that Exeter put on the little... Every, the energy they sap over the course of 80 minutes just means that the dam breaks. It, yeah. Inevitably, the dam breaks, and it did again. Yeah. Uh, Exeter are going to be the best team in the country, and Leicester might still be the worst. Mm. Well. Exeter. Just just on Exeter. Because um, Exeter did Exeter things. That's, that's very simple. Were either of you watching the England game, and I know we covered it on our last pod, but... We either you watching the England game and thinking, why why can't you just be a bit more Exeter? Yeah, when like before half time, the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the the only Exeter chief uh, on the pitch at that time was uh, Slade. Henry Slade, and he doesn't score many crash over um, pick and go tries. Yeah, when we said more Exeter, we didn't mean Noel and Slade. We meant the we went the other guys, and they could. Yeah, you could have the uh, massive guys, Moon. Williams and Hi- Mullet Hyphen Dickey, who we didn't mention actually on the last podcast. I forgot to mention how good the bench was for England. Mm. Mullet Hyphen Dickey, Max Malins, who looks legit yes. as an international player. I, was, I, I should have mentioned that. And um, Dan Robson as well. Looked great. But no, uh, they could. so they've got a front three they could pick. Johnny Hill, yes. Maybe we'll let Marrow in. Got a front Should, three. They've got a front six. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they do. But I mean, the England, England. They, we'll let Marrow slip in alongside Johnny <laughs> okay. Hill. Okay. Maybe. And then, and then Sam Simmons in the back row. And may, maybe we'll let Tom Curry and, and one other in. We'll, we'll make allowances for them. But they, you could easily have five extra players. They, yeah. they'd, they'd sort that out. And Joe Simmons, because of course... He doesn't miss kicks on like Owen Farrell. That, that that game would have been wrapped up. Joe Simmons was playing 12, wrapped yeah. up. Yeah. Or Devoto. But it, no, you're right, Phil, to point out, it does highlight just how good Exeter are because no one else can do it with such ruthless efficiency. Yeah, exactly. They do it every week, week after week. They do it against Toulouse. They do it against Racing. They do it against Leicester. Yeah. Whoever needs beating up, they can beat up. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Northampton. Anyone see the Northampton game? Yes. Great, Bristol. great game. <laughs> Brutal it, it game. It was a great game. It was a great game. And, and did you? There's clearly been a conversation this week between referees. Yeah. They do listen and they are aware, and I think that they have the same empathy for the game that fans have. So last weekend, rightly, there was frustration at the the, the nature of the games, and you know sometimes there are turgid games and. Um, the, the, you know what was what was the game last Friday night? Newcastle Sale. That was a horrible oh. game. Well, it wasn't if you're a Newcastle fan. But yeah, true. <laughs> but contrast that with the Friday night game this week. It was always going to be a better game because it was Northampton against Bristol, two teams that like to let the boys play. But Luke Pearce had a, a magnificent impact on that by just chivying players at the scrum. Come on, come on, let's let's get a set. Let's get a set. That's let's just, go, let's it's go, just let's annoying, go. though, isn't it? No, it's not. It is annoying. I think it's annoying. A, a referee it's shouldn't need to say it. There should be a, a sense of urgency built in. I would say, hang on. Uh, ha- sorry. Excuse me, sir. For the purposes of, of safety, we build our scrum in a certain deliberate way. Nah. And, th- and, that, and that's it. Nah. But, but it is true. For the purposes of having a breather, we take the mud off the bottom of our boots. Yeah, but then when... The then t- stand around for a minute. But when the then... scrum goes down, everyone complains about it. So you've got to take the mud off your boots. You've got to get some purchase. <laughs> well, there was one. There was one person that um, 
I mean, I know it's an old school brain, but in the rugby paper today, who was it? Was it Jeff Probin? I can't remember. Anyway, he, he said, "What if the scrums just engaged as quick as as quick as possible, but but with no push?" And then the referee said, "Push live scrums live." Did when they the, not do that? Was that not a thing? That might have been how it was, but um, but then because the safety is on the engagement and the hit. Yeah, but you're always jockeying. I mean, good luck trying to get two scrums yeah, to engage and not push as quick as they can on their own time. Okay. I know. I know. But anyway, Luke Pierce was brilliant and he was counting down the five. I mean, I suggested to um, that, that BT Sport should have a, a, a countdown as soon as the ref says you use it in the corner of the screen. Five, four, three, two, one. Do you know why that would be good? Not because anyone would ever listen to it, but because refs in their head then would know that they're accountable. Do you see what I mean? Like, I, obviously, yeah. when it you're not going to have a massive klaxon, the BT klaxon that goes off after five seconds. Turn over. Uh, <laughs> no, but... we just uh, when it gets to zero, it have a little clip of Brian Moore going, "For God's sake!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if refs knew, or as soon as they use it, the countdown would go. My guess is they would make a judgment as to when the ball is roughly going to come out within five seconds, and then shout use it. So that, a they can be seen to say use it. And it actually happens. But the best, the difference with Luke Pierce, which is exactly what Phil said last week, is Luke Pierce said use it as soon as the ball was available, not once it had been dragged to the back of a caterpillar. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It made a big difference. Uh, Northampton did did okay, didn't they? They did. I mean, I know this is a Bristol. Well, actually, they both did well. Bristol were without three starting five yeah, hops. Bristol are winning with a, without a bunch of great players. Yeah. So the point I make yeah. on Bristol is their great players don't make a huge amount of difference because they're a great team. You know, great teams can, you know, they are more than some of their parts. That also means that sometimes they pay players too much money, in my opinion, because their systems and the process and the coaching are so, are so good. I don't think they always need that top-end talent until the very end of the season. Uh, they were without Morahan, Piatau, Randrandra. Amazing, isn't I mean, it? That, that, those three alone. Sinclair. Sheedy, Sinclair, Earl, Malins, Malins. Ben Earl. <laughs> yeah. L- Lloyd. Luatua. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a serious team not available. Yeah, they're very, very good. But, you know, that's... They're not they're not reliant on talent, which I think is a really, really good indication of how good the team is. Uh what what do I say about this? Well, okay, so I thought I thought that the Northampton Centre partnership did really well. I like the way that it was quite it was it was quite quite pragmatic. They looked like they were going twelve and thirteen with um differently for attack than they were on on the fence. They yeah. attacked well. When they actually scored, they did what teams should do, which is carry the ball through heavy traffic, through th- through through the middle. But despite all of that, they still didn't have enough to, to beat a Bristol team who were down to their fourth-choice fly-half who kept on missing kicks. So I guess they deserved to lose. Yeah, and I kind of felt that they, they almost caught Bristol a little bit cold with those early tries. Yeah. Like the, the Ribbons try, was he finished it brilliantly. But it was just some sloppy defending, really, that gave him the opportunity. The Pierce Francis they... try was was gorgeous little chip. Yeah, Henry yeah. Henry Purdy actually is he's so aggressive. Like when he runs the ball, you always feel like he's gonna ch- he's he's gonna take someone on. He's gonna try and go 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 around the go around the outside. And I think you're right about catching cold Tim. I don't think he'd quite settled into playing fullback. Allegedly, that was his first ever start. At first fullback. ever senior start at fullback. Yeah. Hmm. 
So he did very, very well. But you, yeah, you're right. He got caught, caught cold, and that's how Pierce Francis, Francis snipped over, who himself played really well. And I think yeah. when he got injured, that was a bit of a blow for Saints. Yeah, and, and Northampton sorted out their defence a chunk. Yes, he did. But not enough. Yes. The, the, yeah. the scrum, the scrum, still an issue. Still killed them. Yeah, yeah. just not good scrimmages. I tell you what, that stupid mistake at the end by Ethan Painter. I, I like Painter. Aaron. Aaron, sort of whatever his name is. Well, is there two of them? Or have I just got his name wrong? I think you got his name wrong. Fine. <laughs> I thought it was Ethan. No, no, I'm looking at it now. It is um, the name that you said. Aaron. Yeah. So, yeah, it's disappointing for Saints. They have got lads to come back. And they are good lads, Tamar and Harrison, Courtney Laws. Uh, I, just, I don't know. I, I can't really put my finger on why it is that they're not that good. Yeah, but they're not. They they did well for that first 20 minutes, and then you're expecting them to well just put some more points on the board at some point during the game, and do, they just didn't. Do you know, it reminds me a little bit of how they went against Quinns last, last week. Obviously, Quinns hammered them in the end, but... For the first 20, they could create things and they look fast and they look exciting. I wonder if they... Well, it's almost like a, a mental block they have. Like, they get demoralised and they stop stop playing the thing, stop playing in the way that they enjoy playing. They are clearly quite fragile. And I don't know what, what the reason is, but they are. Well, the players all came out and said, after last week, uh, the players all came out and said, this isn't a coaching thing, this is an attitude thing, it's us. And there was clearly a little bit more steel in that performance against Bristol. But I've, I've, I'm going to be a stuck record, and I'm going to say it again. The psychological impact of having a bad scrum goes through yeah. the entire side. It, You're, it, makes you scared, it makes you scared to scrummage, which makes you scared to knock on. Yep. So you don't yeah. take chances. You play within yourself. It just it has such a... And I, and I honestly think that might be the single thing. Northampton mm-hmm. have a dreadful scrum. Yeah, it's... It is bad, and they, it's not as if they're not spending the money there either. Well, so, they might have the most expensive tight end in the league. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Surely, surely Sinclair is that man. Yeah, Sinclair must be worth, worth more. Sinclair's not got 100 All Blacks caps. Yeah. He is better, though. And Sinclair that... is better. I agree Sinclair is better, but I'm just saying yeah. um, Frank might World be the most Cup expensive. Winner. Yeah. Yeah, double World Cup winner. But hang on, how many World Cups does um, John Ofoa have? Zero. Uh, he has one. Oh, he has one. Does he have one? Was he on the bench? Yeah. He definitely has one. Yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess one World Cup is less than two, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it is an issue. and I, I, it, Maybe it's too simplistic to put it just down to that, but I think that that has an enormous bearing. Cause... Well, do you know, it's probably not too simplistic, Tim, because if you're losing by one point... Maybe having a, a dominant set piece might just get you get get you over that line. That one point. They are yeah. O and three. Mm. Um, Speak, speaking of speaking of dominant set pieces, yes. Um, do you think it would be unfair of me to call Bath flat track bullies? Because um, got absolutely got... pumped against Exeter and then they bullied Worcester. Right? Did you see this game? Exactly. Did 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 you, did, uh, uh, did you watch it? Uh, I've seen enough. Before, I've only seen the. Hello, Phil. Philip. Sorry, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So I watched this whole game, 
And throughout it, I was convinced Worcester would win. Convinced. Even where, even at half-time, when they were down, I think Bath might have got their bonus point by half-time. I was still certain that, certain that Worcester <laughs> could, could win. Uh, this score doesn't really paint the picture of what happened. So, Bath were dominant in sort of Bath ways. From what I can remember, there were two relatively lucky tries. So, let me just go through what actually happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, in fairness to Bath, they do lose two starting fly-offs. So, they lose Priestland and, they, and then they lose Matavati. Both with HIAs. That's right, yeah. So, then... Uh, a- 18-year-old... Uh, comes on in the centre and Cabaret Path moves to 10. Yes. Yeah. Was it not Max Wright who came on into the centre? Yeah, I think there was two of them went off, so um, it was like okay. an, an 18-year-old lad, youngest ever yeah. premiership no, no, no. St- premiership appearance for Bath. Max Wright did come on, Cocknessinger was the other guy. That oh, maybe it was for Worcester, the young guy. Yes, it was, it was. Very young kid came on. Yeah, he I'm came I'm getting confused. Yes. Um, I, hon- I honestly thought that Bath's scores, particularly one of them, was... Um, was quite was against against the run of play. When I was watching Worcester with the ball, Worcester looked really, really dangerous. Now they didn't turn any of that threat into points, sadly. Uh, and in the second half as, as well, I mean, um, Perry Humphreys was basically over the line, and then he just inexplicably, inexplicably throw, throws 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 the ball forward. My take on Bath is when they have the ball in their hands, they are able to do some good things. When they've got to defend, they are not interested. They are, they are the they are bullies. Yeah, you're right. They're bullies, but they're bullies in the worst sense. As in, yes, they bully you with the ball in hand, but you you run at them. They could not care less. Uh, I am very very worried about Bath because if Worcester can rip you to pieces, and they were doing so frequently through, through, throughout this game, God knows how they'll fare against. Uh, well, we know yeah. how they'll fare against Exeter. They got absolutely humped. Oh yes, Exeter yeah. last week, and, and or I Newcastle. Any t- yeah, any team that can match them up front will beat them nine I, times out of ten. I think a team like Sale are going to smash them to bits. I really do. Uh, well, if you can get, if you can run at them, you know, if you can take the ball off them, you've got a very, very good, good shot. I could, I can see them struggling against a team like Northampton, who can, who, who, who can actually play. I am very concerned about Bath. Mm. Um, should we touch on Newcastle? Yeah, because I mean Northampton are zero and three. Newcastle not only are they three games, three wins. They're three games, three wins, and they have played three <laughs> of last year's playoff teams. Two. Oh well, three of the top five. Three of the top five. What you sorry, mean yeah. is two playoff teams and one team that was robbed from the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They've, yeah, they're going to have some easy games soon. This yeah. is this is incredible. Uh, guess who they've got next in the Premiership? Uh, I don't know. Well, because it's not till Boxing Day, is it? The next round again, or the week before Christmas? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what... Boxing Day. Yeah, Saturday twenty second. Saturday twenty sixth. They'll be playing Leicester Tigers. Ooh. So Leicester Tigers. Oh no, of course they don't. See, because Leicester Tigers are Leicester Tigers, I was going to, I was going to say, oh, they'll have a, a, a hard run of European games. Of course they won't. That's the old Leicester Tigers. They'll have a rest just like Newcastle. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah, but so, no, this this is a, a great win to go on the road to Wasps. Yeah. Um, and Wasps who don't lose a huge amount of players um, to internationals. Newcastle, obviously, also don't lose a huge amount of players. But 
Um, this is this is a great win. Genuinely, very very good win. It's an impressive yeah. win. It's the first time that Wasps have lost back to back games since Lee Blackett took over. Yeah, mm. I, I would say that Wasps fans often point out that they feel that they're a different team without uh, Jack Willis. Jack Willis, yeah. They they rate him that highly. I think that kind of doesn't give credit to the lads that, you know, all the other lads that play. That said, looking at this team, uh, Tamunga Allen isn't really a starter. Um, well, no, hold on. There's worse. Levi Douglas. Joe Launchbury, really. Jack Willis, Dan Robson is the spine of your team. Yeah, I mean, they are the guys that, the guys that they rely on. And I think I said this last year about Wasps. I do worry about their depth. Um, but they've proven that they can... Oh, my God. Just have a look at this team. Paolo Adogwe, Adogwe played 13. Uh, yeah, they got to, they got to, yeah, he scored a great try. He scored a really good try. Yeah, he scored a hat, mean, full, a hat full of FRD points. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's not a good, good good player. I've seen I've seen a lot of him playing playing at Sale. I really like him. I've never seen him play 13 though. Doggers. Yeah. Uh, Sam Sam Wollaston. Yep. So they made they made a few changes. I don't think they'll panic yet. But um, yeah, there's well, bearing in mind Dan Robson's going to be unavailable to them. Uh, a lot potentially Jack Willis as well. They they need these players to step up, and losing at home will be very disappointing. Um, Newcastle yeah. though, fair fair play. Get, yeah. Did not done, did not see this. I mean, what would the odds have been on Newcastle winning their first three games? Very yeah. slender, like fifty to one type stuff. I reckon. Yeah. Maybe not yeah, that, maybe not that high, but not far off. I wouldn't be surprised, Tim. Because particularly with played, a away game. away at Bath and away at Wasps. And, and home the, at sale. Yeah, that's you know it's a tough old run of games. I guess it's similar to what I said about Leicester, which is when you actually believe in something, um, it, you know it's a lot it's a lot easier to play. I guess Wasps did the same thing last year when they actually had their tails up and they believed that they were a really good team. They got all the way to the Premiership final. And Wasps significantly spending significantly less than most teams in the Premiership, and Newcastle will be in exactly the same boat. Very similar teams in that in that regard. What do you think safety looks like in terms of points in the Premiership? I don't think it matters this year. It's going to be a thirteen-team league next but, year. But let's let's let's. This is like giving financial advice, Tim. Yeah, you can't ever give financial advice on regulations that you, you that you suspect might happen in the I, future. I, I, there are rumours it's going to be announced in the new year. I hope that's not the case because that's just going to dead rubber the second half of the season. Yep, any, any, as soon as teams can't make top six, it's like, well, who cares? Yeah, but hey, but let's pretend there is there is relegation. Okay, because all the all the teams have to pretend <laughs> that, that that there's relegation, so we may as well play this game. Safety <clears throat> looks like thirty five points. Thirty five points. So Newcastle, probably, yeah. not, probably not even that. But I no, I I think thirty five. So I'm just looking in 2018-19, Last time Newcastle went down. Newcastle finished on 31 points with six wins. Uh, Leicester Tigers uh, finished on 41 with seven wins. They were the next lowest. So I, I think a team will beat Newcastle's um, tally of 31 this season. I think the, I think the lowest team will, will have more points than that. Lo- the lowest team will have more points? I think you could be right there because... The bad teams aren't that bad. Who who are the worst teams in your mind? Because there's, there's three for me. 
that stand out. Well, on, the, the, on the basis of what I've seen so far, it's it's Northampton, Gloucester, Leicester, uh, Northampton, Gloucester, Worcester. Yeah, that's probably my three: Northampton, Gloucester, Worcester. And I like separate this. Sorry, go on, Phil. That's only based on what I've seen. I don't expect that to be a, a static, a stable um, three teams. No. No, because I think Gloucester... Well, actually, I'd say all three of those teams have enough to beat uh, teams significantly higher ranked than them as well. But that, that's, in my mind, they're, they're the three teams that are performing the worst at the moment. So I have no concerns about Exeter Chiefs. I have no concerns about Bristol <laughs> Bears. And everybody else I have really big concerns about. Genuinely. Even Sale? Uh, especially Sale. Especially. Well, let's talk about Sale because... I- I was thinking that Sale were going to be flat trap bullies of, of this season. I thought that with the squad they've got losing so few internationals and with the squad that they've assembled, I thought they were going to bully teams. And they do have some problems. I can't Again, well, so say North, Northampton, I would say if there was one issue, scrum, and that has a massive effect on their on their side. Similarly, I'd say Sale, line out. Line out. Oh a massively God. psychological effect. They can't get Lou Diaga back quick enough. No, but they do have um, another Dupria who is six foot ten. JP. Yeah, so he. I mean, I can't imagine why they've brought in a six foot ten guy when your line out struggling, but they have. Um, <laughs> there is another guy who I think they want to sign, and I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. Well, they've said he's a international. No, they've, they've given up on the Russian apparently. Ah, it was in the right. rugby paper today. They've ended their pursuit of a Russian international player and they're going to use their academy instead. Right, oh, okay. Uh, right, I okay, so just ignore what I was about to say then. In fact, I'm not going to tell you, therefore you don't need, need to ignore it. Um, so, yeah, they are taking steps to, to fix a line-out. I don't think one player fixes a line-out, unless it's Bryn Evans. By the way, Bryn Evans is playing super rugby. Good for him. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so, what, so what's the issue they've got? I mean, it's not. Isn't is it? A, is it a coaching issue? Is Dimes running the line out because no. it hasn't been an issue in? Well, it has been a bit of an issue for a few years actually. So here is truthfully, my truthfully, it's let them down on at key moments. You're hundred percent right, Tim. So I think that line out when it goes well was run by Bryn Evans. Uh, he was a fantastic line out forward, including steals. Actually, he'd often mm. he'd, uh, top the chart with steals. I think the changeover to Dorian West has made them struggle because I think West has got his sights set on having the most ferocious maul, the amount, most amount of lineouts won. And what happens then is when you don't have a team which are executing lineouts well, you get more and more conservative. And as your throws and your, and your selection for your lineout gets more and more conservative, i.e. getting closer and closer to the front, ironically, you just compound your problems. And they mm. have nobody in that squad who I think is a out-and-out great jumper. Um, Beaumont's back. I don't even think he's a tremendous jumper, to be honest. He's a good jumper, but not a tremendous jumper. Not like Brit, Brit Evans. Lou Diaga, surely. He runs the South African line out when he's... Yeah, but we've only seen him, what, like... But he's a... He's three a, ga- three he, games? He's a massive man, but he's a... In, in South African context, he's a loose-head lock. Loose-head lock, indeed. He might be the answer, but he's not back until, what, March, I don't think. But you've, you've also got to have someone to hit him, as in your hookers. And that's one of the fundamentals that... Like last season when you had Rob Webber and Acker, Rob Webber not doesn't offer quite as much round the park, but his arrows were very solid. Yes. Now you've got Acker, who is amazing round the park, a ferocious wildebeest, 
um, angry warthog. Angry warthog. Uh, yeah. As but his his arrows are all over the place. As a French, as a very wise Frenchman that me and Phil once met, whilst eating fish eggs in Japan, said, "He looks like he's throwing pizzas." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there is there is some truth to that. Uh, yeah. That. The lineup just isn't manufactured. You know, if you've got a bad lineup, you need to manufacture space somehow by beating by beating teams on the ground. They're not doing that. Um, it's a bit of a mess, and th- I think you know the way that that ble- the scrum bleeds into Northampton's game. The lineup bleeds into Sales game. But think about how the effect that has just on on the game as a whole. Like if you were playing against Northampton and you, you'd you, you can take that extra risk because you're like well if, if we have a scrum it's fine we'll win a penalty mm. it's the same against sale you're like well kick it sale, sale have got some really dangerous backs that would be great with good counter-attacking ball but if you were playing against sale you just go do you know what let's just get the ball off the park exactly so if you yeah. can if you can win your opposition opposition's line out the the options that you have off the boot are just immense then just like say to him just kick it out um yeah. there is you know I, there's also the fact that I think the sale uh, sale have a very confrontational style. That's driven by Steve Diamond. He's very confrontational. Uh, if you stop them being confrontational, they don't have what Exeter have, which is that incredible teamwork. You know, they don't have um, those. Uh, how can I describe it? Basically, what I'm tra- trying to say is, when you blunt their blunt them go, go, going forward with their big ball carriers, they don't have a set a, a secondary option, which can be difficult for them. Do you not think, Phil? Because you know you're a you're a back by trade. Do you not think that go back a couple of years, Sale were really starting? Who's the, who's the Mike Forshaw? No, he's a defence. Uh, Deacon. De- yeah, De- it was um, starting to cultivate some really good attack. Like I know it's a ridiculous metric to use at this point, but FRD <laughs> fancy rugby draft <laughs> points. Sale players in the back line were racking them up. Because Denny Solomona, yep. Marlon Yard, Byron McGuigan, Hammersley were all getting the ball in wide, wide open spaces. They were getting the ball into these channels. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, you're right. And they played some beautiful rugby. I mean, the way that um, Deacon coaches them, their details with ball in hand, like I've said many times, they're a great team with ball in hand. They need to go back <laughs> to that. But on the other hand... When, when you can just run over people, it's like having a cheat code. Yeah, but and sometimes what, your cheat code so doesn't is that, work. What do you think's happened, Phil? Is it just that they've got all these massive men, and so they're that they're not bothering with that anymore? What do you think's going on? I, I don't know. I think they're obviously playing a lower risk game to a degree, but they're also, as we've we've said, they're having to play a slightly lower risk game because they're they can't risk the line out and they can't trust their line out. So that. It limits your option for good attacking ball, but it also pushes you towards a slightly lower risk um, game. So I, I think just looking at it, if you solve the lineup problem, it gives them a lot more options for, for their backs to do more things, to yeah. try more, to be more experimental. And they have one, two, to be fair to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. They'll be fine. They'll, I think they'll be top four team. No no, no question. Right. I, I think six. they will. But if, if they want to be pushing, well, they they want to be pushing for top four, which they've not achieved under Steve Diamond, despite being um, having a team that should have been able to do it for the past two years. They've not done it. Well, last year, they have to do it. Last year doesn't count. The year before that, mm, they were only really yeah. at the start of this, this journey. I have no doubt that they've got the right last management. Year, um, last, last year definitely year counts. counts. 
No, that's well, COVID. Well, you, can, you can't. You can't. You can't. No. 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 I'm not having. No. Look. Look. It happened Maybe. to Fiji. It happened to sell sharks. It could happen to anyone. It's just not. You know. You, you, Maybe, you can't cover that. You said you said earlier on this pod, uh, if a single refereeing decision um, affects your game, you've not controlled the rest of the seventy nine minutes. Yeah. If one if one game week affects your season, you've not controlled the other twenty one twenty one other game weeks that you've not controlled. Look, I'm not saying it's not exactly the same principle, and are I'm you, not, and I'm not saying hypocrite. that if it's any other team, I wouldn't agree with you. But in this case, it's completely I, different. I think, I, I, do you know what? I think even in a recent pod, you've said completely the opposite of this. I, you, I, you cited a couple you, of sale games towards the end of the season you would have that to, they butchered it and should have won. You would have to find that audio because I, I have no <laughs> recollection of that. Oh, so well, I, 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 think sale, I think Sale should be top four. I think they probably will be top four. I agree. But if they want to be competing uh, for the Premiership and also if they want to be competing in Europe, they're going to have to do better than that, and they need a functioning lineup. I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see how the teams that are in the Champions Cup, like Sale, for example, uh, approach the Champions Cup this time. Because I suspect you will see, for example, just take the fly half position. I suspect you will see Rob Dupree told, right, there you go, you've got two weeks of Champions Cup. AJ, have a couple of weeks off. You're back in the Premiership on Boxing Day. Mm. Uh, I, I suspect that might be how they go. They change it up a load with their squad. Who knows? Uh, just give me a second. I surely just saw on Twitter. Um, is there a... No, it's fine. It's fine. Just continue. Continue with the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. No, that's fine. <laughs> what, what, let, let me just bring up very briefly one thing on Twitter, then. Um, Owen Jones. Big rugby fan. I I don't know the story. Political um, commentator Owen Jones is a big rugby fan. I think. Well, I assume so because he's been tweeting about rugby. Go um, on, tell me more. About the story. Okay, so you, you may have seen uh, rainbow laces were worn by lots of players this weekend. Yep. Yep. Mm. Um, uh, and apparently, according to Owen Jones, the political activist, um, because Austin Healy didn't mention it in commentary, that means he is. Uh, well, basically, that, that apparently that's the same as being discriminatory against um, LGBT uh, uh, I, I, individuals. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I, uh, oh, I, there we go. One quote from one person um, on, on this um, who's getting on Austin Healy's case. He's getting a load of crap for for, for just commentating on a game and not <laughs> not. He didn't mention the rainbow laces. He just did his job of commentating on a game and one person said silence equals complicity 
Yeah, well, it doesn't. They're not stupid. Um, and that's all I have to say about it, really. Look, Austin Healy, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're lucky to have him in the game. Uh, from what I can tell, he he shows up to rugby. Yes, he is paid. But if he actually wanted to, he'd get paid an awful lot more doing other things. Uh, he's there basically for our benefits. So um, we're very, very lucky to have him. And I don't really care what his views are on, on, um, on this because I watch him because well, he tells me about rugby. He's yes, talented agreed. But I can tell you, as he has been at pains to say, um, his, his opinion on that and any other um, topic is, I think, the, what the vast majority of people, including the three of us, would say he is opposed to any sort of discrimination of any kind. It goes kind. without saying, doesn't it? But, uh, this is what annoys me. It goes without saying that this is your default. You don't have to display it every bloody day. It goes without... You shouldn't have... You know, more to the point, I turn on the TV and I watch... And I watch... And I watch... I watch uh, rugby. I don't necessarily want the moral lecture, but if I did, I'm going to have the moral lecture. I don't want it off Austin Healy. I watch Austin Healy because he's phenomenal at breaking down games. I could not care less he is what the, he thinks. He is the best in the game, in my opinion, at spotting the tiny little nuances of what's going on tactically. And then... He's unbelievable. And, and, but what, yeah, what is amazing at? Then being able to communicate that to people like us who have a little bit of an idea, or even people that are not regular rugby watchers, and manage to explain that in 10 seconds in a way that conveys the point he's making. That is unbelievably difficult to do the the people that are trolling him now are they're just the worst of the worst because he has a job to do and they are upset that he has not deviated from his job which is rugby analyst to push whatever agenda that that, that they have i'm sure if you ask austin about these things he will tell you that he's against all forms of discrimination which is exactly by the way what he has there said. you go what a shock what a shock but unless oh, it's just it's uh, yeah, it's fine. That's, tw- that's that's Twitter for you. It's Twitter for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking reading at these, and it, it it's a ridiculous, unfair pile on to Austin Healy from from what I can see. But that's Twitter. <laughs> that's 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 what happens. Hey, hey no publicity's <laughs> no publicity is a bad publicity. And if if Owen Jones is into rugby, well, that's that's good as long as he's watching and well, paying subscriptions and all the rest of it. Which of course he isn't. Well, he might be. I wonder who. He... Uh, yeah. If he is, give him the benefit of the doubt. I wonder who who he would support. Harlequins. He's Welsh, so I reckon. Is he Welsh? Be... No, he's not. He's from Stockport. Yeah, he's, he's Welsh. He's from Stockport. He's he's Welsh. Hang on, who are you talking about? Owen Jones, the political activist. Owen Jones, the political activist, is is from Stockport, mate. No, he's not. He is from Stockport. He's Welsh. I guarantee you, he's from Stockport. I, yeah, I I thought he was. Um, I thought he was from from Stockport as well. Or some, Stockport or Sheffield? I had him One in my head. million percent. He's from Stockport. What? He's Welsh. Which part of Wales? He's born in Sheffield. Uh-huh. Sounds sounds broadly correct. Okay. He sounds Welsh. <laughs> His name sounds Welsh. Um well, there you go. Born in Sheffield, grew up in Stockport. Yeah. Uh, How does he sound so Welsh? I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought he was Welsh. He's phenomenally wealthy now, I I, I would assume. What complete no, grifter. No, he he no, he no, he wouldn't do that. Oh no, no, he, he would. He, he would. No, no, no. I don't believe you. He, all the people that all the people that work with him on his uh, books or YouTube oh, yeah, or interviews, yeah, he, he'll he'll spread the wealth so they're all paid equally. Yeah. The, probably the only person richer that, richer than him in this whole conversation is Austin Healy. 
So, uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yes, uh, we have had one tweet at Rugby Podcast. What? Um, and it says, oh, no. uh, not not on this subject. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm moving on this very rapidly. From Greg William, who says, lads, before you go too hard on Gloucester on the MWDP, <laughs> can I just mention, by my count, by 45 minutes into the game, we were on our fourth slash fifth choice scrum half, fourth choice fly half, third choice left wing, third choice fullback. And then we had the last 20, in the last 20 minutes, we had a back rower in the centre. And we were, uh, he has put a, a laughing emoji saying, still, we were playing against 13 slash 14 players. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gloucester, I've got some issues. Um, it's definitely not Gloucester's year. No, it's not, is it? So let me just have a quick look. Who was he referring to? Okay, yes, yes, and yes. Jason yeah. uh, Jason Woodward dropped out just before kickoff. Um, obviously, without the international players, I think Gloucester is struggling a little bit because, like every team in the league, their first fifteen is very, very good. When you get so, yeah, when your first fifteen is very, very good, you tend to believe that your team is very good. It's not necessarily the same, necessarily the same thing. Um, our our tweet sister there basically hit the nail on the head. They're, they're not very good when they go down through the through through the squad. And unlike Bristol, who have got fantastic systems and processes and can plug in Tiff Eden and can still win, uh, Gloucester aren't quite there. But Bristol didn't win necessarily because of Tiff Eden. Yeah, although, they didn't lose. Although I've got important. I've got to praise Tiff Eden's hair. I think Tiff Eden's a good player. Yeah, he's a decent player. I've got to say, I like him with all in the hand. He's a big old boy too. So yeah, he's a big old boy. His hair. It's His like, hair is inc- it's incredible. Like, it's like Van Damme. Or actually, the comparison we made on WhatsApp the other night was like Jared Rebecca. <laughs> old school Jared Rebecca from Neighbours. Oh, yeah. I think Toadfish. Day, why were we talking about Jared Rebecca? <laughs> I think we were talking about it in terms of agents, weren't we? Like the world's most talented agent. Oh, who managed... Yeah, because the, the pictures of old school Jared Rebecca. With his with his Tiff Eden esque mullet, and yeah, y- your point, JB, was what an agent to have gone to the people of Neighbours and gone, here you go, I've got this guy for you, solicitor, a solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Tiff, uh, Tiff Eden, by the way, is Kenny Powers. Oh yes, yeah, that's I, a great shout. I think he's very good, but I think his distribution's good. He's good threats, running threats. Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. And, and if if, he's, if his kicking's not going well, they've just got Sam Bedlow to bring off the bench and wallop it. To get yeah, oh my god! Yeah, I forgot about that kick. Uh, everyone is <laughs> the commentary was all, talking about how bad his groin might uh, groin might <laughs> might be. Not one bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but Gloucester um, issues. The second game in a row that where Sippers hasn't been at fly half. Yeah. Lloyd Evans is was. He, yeah. Is he injured? I. I don't know. You do get no. the inside the inside scoop on on that. I've yeah. got a feeling he might be falling out of favour, but I don't have any evidence or any proof. I've just got a feeling, but an inkling. Is that is that falling out of favour with the guy that he got appointed as head coach? Yeah, right, exactly. And the the defence coach who's his who's his best mate. His best mate. Mm, yeah, I mean that's an even weirder one. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah. Th- I think it might be more with the team. I don't know. I don't. Know. Maybe he's, maybe he's maybe injured. injured. Maybe he's injured. Um, but well done, Harlequins. Yeah, and the last couple of games, 
Oh, I mean, they're beating who's in front of them. But yeah, as Greg Gwillem on, on Twitter pointed out, they were down to 13 men at one point. And they've got a little bit of steel about them. And one of the people that you mentioned, um, JB, that gives them a bit, Scott Baldwin has kind of, the last couple of games from what I've seen, stepping up and giving He's him good, isn't he? some hard edges. Yeah, he's good. Apparently, Danny Kerr's off to Biritz. Good lad. Yeah that's, really? a pre- yeah, that's a pretty nice place to spend the rest of your career. He deserves that. Um, are they in Pro de Deux at the moment? I believe they are in Pro de Deux. Who cares? You can ski in the winter, beach in the summer. Love can, it. Can you ski in the winter? Mm. It's not far away from the Alps, is it? I've got no idea. Isn't it? I think Biritz is one of those places where people do the snow season and the sun season. Do you who the biggest... Impl- there's two... Impl- is, being, is, is Biritz not on the... It's probably close to the Pyrenees. Yes. It's not on the it's no, on the Atlantic not, coast, I yeah, yeah. think. I'm just mm. I think on the two big employers in Biritz, it's Cap Gemini, is it? That definitely is a sponsor. And and do you, and do you know the other one? No, Quicksilver, the uh, uh, the surfing brand, is mm. from Biritz. Ah, okay. There's plenty of skiing near Biritz. There you go. So it's an amazing bit of coastline for the beach, and then in the winter, a bit of skiing sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. Uh, mm. So yeah, Harlequins. I, st- I, I still can't get on board with Harlequins. I still can't think that they are a good team. I tend <laughs> to feel that they're only you know a, a few phases away from a disaster at any given point. But they have won two now. I'm just not convinced by them. Who did they um, beat last week again? Northampton. Okay, so they beat Northampton and Gloucester. But they lost. Yeah. Who? Did, who? Did, they opened to someone and they were not impressive. Ex- Exeter. Uh, that'll be why. Okay, yes. so okay, so let's, fine. Let, let's judge it in a couple more rounds. Yeah, but they, they've got some serious. Like Dom, yeah. Dom, Dom Brandt and class. Marcus Smith are. Oh, we've class. got to talk Marcus Smith. Oh, he was. I I was watching the Quinns game today, thinking maybe we need to revisit this Marcus Smith England thing. Maybe maybe, yeah, he... maybe Eddie Jones needs to go with his gut instinct that he had when Marcus Smith was fourteen and and <laughs> get him back involved because. I was watching the Queen's game thinking, God, if, if Marcus Smith does stuff like this behind the Queen's pack, imagine what he would do behind a dominant England pack. Yes, exactly right. So what are you saying? Marcus Smith at 10, Joe Simmons at 12, get the kids in. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm not, what it sounds like to me. I love George I, Ford and I think George Ford's amazing. So I'm not saying get the kids in. I'm saying get him involved in and around the international arena because he's got that X factor, that... He can eat, and he's still so young, so young, so young, and so good. Do you know, Tim? Um, Tim, I, I think what you're saying is that uh, he, you should get Eddie Jones to go back in time and make him the starting fly half for the 2019 World Cup, World Cup final, and then JB's whiteboard prediction would have come true. Yes, the first the first whiteboard prediction to come true would have come true if only we had a time machine. Right, we've still got. I'm not saying we do it today, but I reckon for 2020, when we when we do the first podcast of the year, we should get JB to do some predictions on the whiteboard again. Hap- happily, happily, get thinking about what those might be, JB. Uh, <laughs> so Marcus Smith, I'm with Marcus you. Smith starting for the Lions. That, that can that's be a, your. That's a great that can one. Be your prediction. Get it on nine. There you go, because we talked about this on the international podcast, um, the tradition of the Lions having an uncapped player going on a Lions tour. Marcus Christ, Smith would be a great shout. I keep forgetting he's uncapped, because he was in the England team. I assume that he was, he's he got a cap. Of course he doesn't. He's just the highest paid teenager in the history of the game. Um, mm. Yeah, Marcus Smith, um, I, I am with you 
with the England stuff, I'm with you with the creativity, with basically everything. I, something has really struck a chord with me about uh, what uh, Joe, Joe, George Ford. Joe Ford's a very different, very different proposition. George Ford said this week, which we referred to in the last podcast, regarding the the time bomb of the ball, ticking time bomb, having possession of the ball, and that indicates to me what a deep understanding Joe, Joe bloody hell, George Ford <laughs> has of the international game. Which I wonder you, if you would get that with someone like um, Smith, who wants to go out there and play and do all his do all his magic. Because the international game, as France discovered, does revolve around knowing when to kick that ball. Yeah, get rid of it. when not to have the ball. Yeah, and it's not sexy. In fact, it's a real, real tough discipline to master. And I think mm. George Ford has that. Mm. Yeah. But for now, Harlequins can enjoy him. Yes, enjoy they can. Magic, Magic Marcus. Yeah, but how much are we enjoying France? Like, like you say, they've already got Untermac and now... Carbonell and um, Jalabert. Jalabert. It's just um, I'm not saying get him in. I'm just um, well, be, yeah. Though. Well, actually, maybe go may- get him in. Maybe a player like that should be in the squad and potentially be battling for a bench spot, or alternatively, you know, the odd game against Italy, or you know, the game against Georgia would have been ideal. I, was, I, I, and yeah. I, I know I am contradicting myself because I say I quite like that Eddie Jones is reinstilling how hard it is to get a, to get a cap and increasing what it means to mm. actually get one but i'm just saying based on the club performances albeit against northampton and gloucester so let's wait and uh, see if he can keep this going but the back end of last season and the start of this season in not a great quinn's team it's not marcus smith team. is pulling strings well what what i would say is um i know that eddie jones talks to 50 or 60 players he's, he's referenced that in the past and he tells them if they're not in the squad, he tells them what they need to be doing to get into the squad. And I'd, I'd be really interested to find out what he's telling. You... Well, Mark, Marcus Smith and Joe Simmons, for example, who are the next cabs off the rank in my mind. He's saying to Marcus Smith, shirt. cut your hair, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> Stop playing with your hair. Well, Harl- <laughs> Harlequins next up in the Premiership have Bristol. So that'll be a great test for them. It's a great mm. game, Matt. Um, here is a question regarding... Eddie Jones, and I'm not saying this flippantly at all. Do you think Eddie Jones tells his players the truth when he tells them what they need to work on? Not always. I don't think he does. I, but I think he will do it at times. He will tell the truth to them. I think he'll do it different for different players. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with you there. Completely agree with you. Which must make it so bloody hard for players to work with him. I'd love to know what he says to Ben Curry. Yeah, that would be fast. I just, in fact, I'd love to, if I if I could wiretap a phone call, those phone calls would be amazing <laughs> to listen into, wouldn't but, they? Particularly when Ben picks the phone and says, "Hello, Tom here." Mm. <laughs> I bet he does that with Tom. He's just uh, Tom's like you. Just just sniff if Ben's around. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Good. Is he gone? Good. He's gone. Right. I can talk to you. It's brutal. The Ben Curry thing is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. we know we anyone who watches any level of. Um, any amount of of Premiership rugby will know Ben Curry is a fine player, and Tom Curry is arguably well. David Flatman said he was actually Sargoba Flats, England's most important player. I, I, he's up, he's up there. He's he's up there. He's his work his, rate is phenomenal. Carrying, I, I love yeah. his dynamic ball carrying in this game against France. It was awesome. Yeah, Ooh. and Ben Curry is as good. I mean, he really is. Like, maybe 
maybe he's 98% of the way there. But being in and around the international arena and given a chance, I'm sure he'd take it. But um, why, yeah. do, why would you not want two Tom Currys? That's a great question. It is a great question. It is a great question. But but then you go, well, who'd you drop? You've got to do the Cocker's Law. Who'd you drop? Do you drop are you dropping Ben Earl? Are you dropping Jack Willis? I mean Diamond quite frequently rotates Ben and Tom. You could basically drop Tom. Mm. I mean, the the thing I feel the one thing I feel bad for Ben Curry about is uh you know his brother's got like half a million quid more than him now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're twins. <laughs> they're, identi- they're genetically identical. How has this happened? <laughs> How is one driving a micro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's- I, bet Tom Curry, I, bet, I bet Tom Curry buys Ben an extra special Christmas present this year, just out of sheer guilt. Do you, do you reckon that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Tom Curry does have the bigger room in there in their flats do when they move you know, to their shared houses I bet Tom always gets a bigger room because he can pay more rent simple as that mm. <laughs> mm. do they the, the, I know they spent lockdown at home together but do they they don't live together still do they mm, probably how old are they 22 well, about 22 23 yeah probably why would you why would you live on your own yeah but with your identical swim brother I don't know that's, I don't know I'd love to know that I'll ask him that well, I'll ask him next time I Next time I see them in in a in a press conference, I asked I asked in a press conference after the European game because they've got to put up a better player as well. Tom, what's it feel like with your new fame now? And he turned around to me and said, "I'm not going to answer that." And then Diamond and him stood up and walked out, and and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, real real warm feelings. <laughs> what are we talking about Quinns yeah so, yeah, so let, let's let's judge Quinns in a few more rounds but some promising elements going on uh, again he, yes. got a, he got a red card today Andre Esterhazen for a really stupid um, really stupid elbow was it, yeah, which, was it which was elbow? hard to see I couldn't really see it but the, the, the TMO was convinced and that was good enough for the ref and that should be good enough for me so yeah there you go and so uh, I think that's I think that's all that's all the teams is it not it is. Uh, yeah. We've but we've got some games next weekend. Yeah, European right. rugby is back. You need to explain to me or re-explain to me how does the Champions Cup work this right. year? Right. So it's been put into two conferences. Okay. Everybody has a ranking based on where they finished in their league. So Exeter are one. Mm-hmm. Wasps are two because they were first, second in the league, etc top six teams go like that uh you you were drawn into fat phil come on help me out you, you were drawn into basically small pools of four but within a conference of 12 so there's two conferences of 12 yes uh and you only play uh against the corresponding tiers Yes. In your conference from the other divisions. So if you were first and second, for example, you're in tier one. So if you're first, you're in tier one. Yeah. You will only play against tier four. Which is the teams the, that finish six, uh, fifth and sixth. Uh, in their Seventh leagues. and eighth. Oh, tier yeah, because it's top eight, be. isn't it? Yeah, so teams that yeah, finish seventh eight. and eighth. Yeah, you're right. Seventh, eighth. So you'd only play against seventh or eighth from the Pro 14 and the Top 14, so yeah. the other league, so you wouldn't play any premiership clubs if you're a premiership club, yeah. uh, and you play them home and away. 
So you play four games in the group stage, but only against two teams. Yeah. Uh, and then that decides your the two pools. And then I'm just looking up what happens at the end of the pool. Yeah. So you play four games. There's no uh, interleague matches. It's only playing Pro 14 and Top 14 in the case of England teams. And you play the two teams home and away. That's that's a succinct way of yeah. doing it. And the teams you play are based on league position from the last season. So um, in... Well, let's just go. Let's just go through it in pool one. Let's just rattle through the games. So on Friday, the the season starts five thirty p.m. Uh, in five thirty p.m. Five five thirty p.m. North, Northampton Saints v Bordeaux Bears. I mean, unconventional, but fine. Yeah, Northampton v Bordeaux. At half five. Yeah, it, it's something that. Um... Football has done with the midweek kickoffs, yeah, with the Champions without, League without crowds, uh, and, ah, and no Premier yeah, League. Of course, that makes sense. Well, Northampton might have yeah. two thousand. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. So Bordeaux, I, I mean, I don't know how Bordeaux play. I have no idea which players they have, but I do know how Northampton are suffering. I think Bordeaux. Bordeaux got to the yeah. semi-final of the Challenge Cup that... and against Bristol, and that was that Max Malins. Late show won that for them. They look pretty decent. That'll do me. Um, and they will have their French internationals available. Um, Toulouse Ulster. Uh, Ulster Toulouse. I'll be I'll be working at this one. I'm looking forward Ooh. to it very much. Although no crowd at Ravenhill, which is a real shame. But yeah, there you go. Oh. Eight p.m. kickoff. Ulster Toulouse. Are you allowed out in Ulster? Uh, Belfast. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the deal I mean, is. I mean, I, no, I think North. I think Northern Ireland's a proper lockdown. It's not quite as bad as Wales, where they've got like flipping. Oh, Mark Drayford. What Mark the Drayford. hell is going on in Wales, so, Jay? Well, I mean, look, it's like temperance again. So my my office is, is in Wales, or my family are in Wales. I spend. I obviously live in Manchester, but I spend a lot of time in Wales. It is a disgrace, absolute disgrace. I, I would. Oh, no, I can't say that. I, I, I can't say that. Uh, put it this way. Um, we're, we're not allowed to allowed any alcohol. On Friday at 6 o'clock, all alcohol stopped being served. So it's just an absolute... It, it, it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, you, you re- you've really triggered me there, Tim. Mm. <laughs> um, does anyone think that Ulster can beat Toulouse? No. Ulster are 8 from 8 uh-huh. in the... In the league, I don't know if Hen- I don't know if Hendo and Stockers and the like will be available again uh, this weekend. Uh, Hopefully, should be should be yeah. Well, well, whether Stockers yeah. and Hendo had a had a week off last week, didn't they? Yeah, because of uh, injury. Uh, yeah, so because um, of injury. Yeah, it sounds like it's injury. It was injury. Yeah, it was it was injury. Um, Bristol Clare. No way. Let Let me just hit pause on the pod for just one quick second. Hold on. <laughs> um, we're back there you go sorry sorry about that yeah anyway. that's a severe injury that both of them suffered um, so yeah Ulster to lose yes I think they can win I don't think they will yeah I think that's a, that, that is a fair assumption no give me Ulster big Ulster win I, I mean hey listen Marcel Kurtzie gets on the front foot a little bit and uh, yeah who knows who knows to, to, to lose um, Ravenhill in mid-December we've all been there yeah. to Ravenhill in mid-December. We literally have all been there, yes. It, it is brutally cold and it is an intimidating atmosphere when there's people in there. It will be... It'll be the even worst colder. Place in, it will be, yeah, even colder. It'll be even worse for the travelling French 
to to go there with no people, with not even any fans in there. So give me Ulster. Mm, he, no. Uh, <laughs> Bristol Claremont. All right. So yeah, we on to Saturday and yeah, one p.m. kickoff. Bristol Claremont. What a game this looks like. I think Claremont. Bristol, will they have... I don't think they're still going to have no Morahan, no Piatal. They will have, hopefully, Earl, Malins and um, Sheedy Sinks. and Sinclair Lloyd. and Malins, if I didn't say him already. And Lloyd? Yeah. So, Luatua? I don't know. I don't know about Luatua that. is... I, I know he was not there for the final, uh, but he is key. Luatua is, is key yeah. for, for Bristol. Huge test for Bristol. This, yeah, it is. Uh, I think Clermont beat them handily. I think. I, yeah, I, I, I suspect you're probably right, but um, Bristol at home, and they'll be Come really on, pumped Bristol. up for this. So, how are Scarlets doing in the Pro 14? Oh, great question. I've no idea. Uh, looking it up now, Scarlets are uh, third in the. Uh, Conference B, having won three out of seven games. Give me Scarlets. <laughs> but uh, well, they had that brilliant win away at Bath a few years ago with Tyg for Tyg Byrne doing that dummy and and try. Ah, there is a, a dollop for for grabs. Oh yeah, they're the doll up on the on the post. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, I'm going Bath. Yeah, Bath to beat them up. I don't but think flat so. Track, Flat track bully bath. I, I I don't know how Scarlets are playing. I, I don't know anything about this team other than Glenn Delaney coaches them. And I like Glenn Delaney. I think he's brilliant. Uh, I think that Scarlets will win this. I think if they take on Bath, if they run at them, Bath will fold. Mm. Uh, at the same time, your other option at that time, the go. game that JB will be watching will go. be Toulon v Sale. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like only one outcome could possibly happen here. Sale to win handsomely. Mm. Big South Africans beating up other big South Africans. See, <laughs> I, if I were Bath and Sale, I mean, I would be thinking we've got the squads to go for it in both competitions. But I think both of those sides, English sides, will be thinking, and in fact, you know, looking down to Wasps as well, um, the other England side playing on Saturday, I think they will be thinking. Premiership is where it's at. And, Do you know what? And this is second. This is a second thought. So I don't think they're going to put their strongest team out. I would agree with you, except for this. I have been at a Sale Sharks game when they really were. They when actually um, relegation was a real, real possibility. And they had Toulon. I remember. And they had pool. Toulon, and they still put out all of their best players, mm. which I thought was madness at the time. But when they are in this competition, they do mean business. I mean, last time they were playing all their stars, including uh, John. What's his name now? Jonathan. What's his name? I've forgotten his name now. How can I forget his name? Friend so, of the pod, John Mills. Jonathan Mills, uh, who was critical at that time. So uh, yes. Uh, so, but well, maybe they'll go big in this first pool match. If they lose, then they'll just shift and go. Well, it's over. Yeah, um, try to think about it. Well, certainly, in these first two rounds. In the first two rounds, they will they will be going for it. They'll be a full strength sale team. But Toulon, mm. I think, are like second or third, are they not in the in the top? Yeah, team. they're they're one of the top teams. They're going well, mm. but it's Toulon. They're sort of mad as well. 
Mon Mon who's back playing as well, isn't he? Yeah. It's too long. It, yeah. After his stint in America, he, he's thirty-eight now. Yes, I've still got two more years. I I've got. <laughs> a f- I don't know if there'll be crowd a crowd in this game or not. Dan. I think France is pretty strict as well at the minute. But uh, I I could see Sale sneaking that if they put a, 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 their best team out. They need Fafter Clerk needs to start playing like Fafter Clerk. He's not playing well, is he? No, he's so important to them. Yeah. Mm. So uh, anyway, but I think they can win. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sale sneaking an away win. Well, well on the basis that you've said they're putting out their best team, I'll go with it. Yeah. Montpellier Leinster. I have no idea how either team is What going. a game. Historically it's a great game. That's what sure. a game this could be in Montpellier. Oh, this is tasty. Uh, it, all right. Montpellier. So I've watched them a few times over the last few years and every time I'm in awe of the amount of talent that they've got on the pitch and then stunned by how badly they put that talent together, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is not what I could generally say for Leinster, which I'm generally in awe of both the talent and how well they put it together. Yeah. So Is Johan Usen playing regularly for them uh, now? He was, I've looked a couple of times this season, and he wasn't in the games that I looked. I'll just have another check now of last week's fixtures. No... Uh, so he's probably... Oh, actually, he was on the bench. Him and Lozowski and ah. Titi Lomasatelli were all on the bench. Yeah, that, that's a serious team, isn't it? Montpellier beat Claremont away this weekend. Did they? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I have no idea what goes on there. Give me Lanster. They've got Ratters at fullback. They've Marta. got some serious talent. Yeah, they Cubish do. Reinach as well. Girardo or Bismarck Duplessis as your hookers. They've got oh man, they've got some good players. Awas, the the lad who punched the Jamie Ritchie in the sixties. Oh yeah, a proper bad boy. Oh, <laughs> so they've got some good players. Pickamole on the bench, Louis Pickamole on the bench. It's casual, that isn't it? Wow. Well, that that's that's huge. Uh, I mean, I fully expect expect Leinster to win. Although yeah, it's away, it's away, so it's tough. But yeah, Leinster. Uh, Dragons Wasps. I'm going to shock shock you and call Dragons. No. After their win against Glasgow, they can do anything. At the win against Glasgow, and actually, when they put all of their players out at the same time, it's not a bad team. <laughs> uh, uh, I did see Jamie Roberts scored a try from about 20 metres. What? Um, last week, I think it was. What? Yeah. Uh, it depends what team that, that Wasps put out. I, I mean, if I were Wasps, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd. But then again, it, it, it's that. Hang on, Dragon. What, what, what am I saying? Dragons got panned by Bristol. Absolutely panned by, by them um, in a European semi. Yes. And Wasps absolutely panned Bristol. So using Dean Ryan logic, who happens <laughs> to be the coach of of Dragons, we beat the team who beat the team. Yeah. So Dean Ryan logic is going to come back to to defeat Dean Ryan. Dragons lose to Bristol. Bristol lose to Wasps. Therefore, Wasps should hammer Dragons by using Dean Ryan's own numbers six, sixty points. But, but the, the problem the problem with that is if Dragons do beat Wasps, what does that mean? Well, it means Dean Ryan should be fired. If, <laughs> they're, they're his numbers, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, and then the final game on Saturday in the Champions Cup, 
Edinburgh v La Rochelle. You're a better man than I am if you know how that will go down. Yeah, I'd say you're a better man than I am if after the whole of Saturday you sit and watch the whole of that game. <laughs> yeah. no, I, w- I wish it was a better game because uh, that's I like that that time game. I'd like Bristol oh, Claremont that one the whole day the whole day building up to Bristol Claremont. I know La, La Rochelle are a cool team to watch when they get it get it all together. They they're a very cool team. It's just Edinburgh. It's, they've gone off the boil a little bit recently, haven't they? Yeah, they have. But like La Rochelle, uh, Bottier, um, the what's his face, the the amazing uh, Victor Vito, uh, the oh, who is the unbelievable loosehead who looks like a supervillain. Friso, oh, right, yeah. is it Danny Friso? Yeah, I mean, I just they've got so much talent in, in in that pack, and it's so explosive. And they're top of the Pro 14. They are top four. No, top of the top 14. Yeah. Top 14. Yeah, just give me them. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And then on to Sunday. Um, you see, actually, I probably will watch the Edinburgh um, game because I've got nothing else to do because Ireland is completely shut down, and I will be somewhere in Limerick by that point. And I'll have not. I was really looking forward to a couple of jars in Belfast or Limerick, and I'm not going to be able to do any of that. Do you not even get around it by the substantial meal thing? Uh, Maybe I I don't know if they're doing that in Ireland. Who knows? I I think they're really properly shut down. Anyway, uh, Sunday you got Leon Gloucester, one p.m. Leon, Leon. Leon. Is Carl Ferns in starting team or is it Bastero number? Well, he would be. He wasn't starting for. um, Of course, he's moved for Ruin. Yeah, of course. Uh, Exeter at home to Glasgow. Exeter. Yeah. Exeter. One-way traffic, that one. Well, not one-way traffic, but one only one winner. Uh, Rassing 92 against Connacht, home win. Yeah. And Munster against Quinns, home win. Home win. There we go. Perfect. That's a good so, accumulator. I wonder what odds you get for four home wins on the Sunday. Uh, yeah. That is a good might, accumulator, actually. Might have a look at that. Get your hacker. Get your hacker on that. It's our little top tip. And if any betting companies want to sponsor us to uh, have a, have a <laughs> bet of the week, that would be mine. Yeah, yeah. Sponsor us. Our listeners are very venerable. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I need to find a a way to explain the the rules of the competition in a sentence for people that ask me. Inevitably, they will. Um, but yeah, get, get. yeah, that might be tough. It's it's a bit complicated. Yeah. So uh, the nice thing about this weekend, now I know that you're working, Tim, and you know, referencing the last podcast. Oh, I'll have to dial in to the podcast from Ireland as well because I'm not flying back till Monday morning. Ah, okay. Well, we'll work that out. Yeah. Um. So, if anyone dares whinge about the ref, you've got to come through with what we said on the last podcast, which is start off with, "Hey, mate." Hey, mate. <laughs> and then hold their feet to the fire as to why they didn't do their job pro- uh, properly to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I... Just just like Sale for 21 weeks of the season didn't control their controllables. Correct. Again, not entirely true. And then they went and had, <laughs> uh, what was it, an orgy in a in a Manchester Metropolitan Which student, u- student Union. That's, that's right, isn't it? I think I, I've got I, that right. I, I, look, they, they were controlling <laughs> their controllables. Okay. <laughs> they were very controlled. <laughs> Excellent. Right, right we are done. It is almost half twelve on oh Monday morning. Oh my goodness me! It started at half eight. It's now half twelve. Crikey! Right, uh, you know, you know where we are. You know what we're doing. Tell you, mates. Uh, look out for the Benjamin Kezer interview. Other than that, just uh, thank you for listening. Perfect. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.